0: The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: However, standing by right now is the one and the only Sean Mooney. Who?
0: Mooney. Everybody's
1: got a price for the
3: Million Dollar Man. <laughs> After you threw him off through the announce table, Taker climbs back down, he gets in the ring, and he goes, see if he's breathing.
1: Right before I called 911, I thought she'd fallen asleep. I kind of shook her a little bit to wake her up, and she did not respond. I don't
2: know. go down to my, go to my grave testifying or whatever swearing that Davey was not on drugs if he was on drugs the way Brett says
0: how
1: does I mean how great does that make Davey
3: are you laughing Sean I get off the track here all the time did you just laugh Sean you go ahead and chop me just give me a big chop I'll sell I'll give
0: you my whole chest and everything and then I'll look at you like this and then I'll punch you right in the mouth
3: as far as I can
0: <laughs> attention Sean Mooney you scum you slime you maggot there's no further questions you're dismissed. Carry on, maggot.
3: Hello, everybody, and welcome to uh, yet another episode of Prime Time with Sean Mooney. I hope uh, that you're all safe and healthy out there, and uh, thank you once again for tuning in. Uh, we're coming off a great conversation with one of the original members of GLOW. Remember GLOW, the gorgeous ladies of wrestling? Patricia Summerlin was our guest, better known as Sunny the California Girl, and Patricia is just one of the women who helped pave the way for the success we're now seeing for women in the world of professional wrestling. And I can't think of a better way to follow up uh, that great episode than with someone who has also been a part of that movement and continues to contribute to the progress of women in the world of professional wrestling. She's been involved uh, with a number of organizations, but is best known, I think, for her time with the NWRTNA, I should say, first, as a member of the Dollhouse, and uh, also she was a title contender. And, of course, most recently with the new NWA and the Power Show, and they got Carnyland going on and also Girl Power. Welcome, Marty Bell. Marty, how
2: are Hi. you? Hi. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me today.
3: Hey, um, you're, you're way too young to remember, but I mentioned GLOW. Um, and uh, they've had, uh, you know, they're like uh, old cartoons or old shows that they, they put them up on networks. Have you ever seen any of uh, those old shows that they not have? Not
2: the original Glow. Yeah. I, I have not watched the original Glow, no. I, I was raised, I am a little bit younger than you, just a little bit.
4: Yeah, a lot raised. of
2: it. <laughs> I also didn't move uh, back to the U.S. until I was seven. So all of my wrestling comes from like 97 on.
3: Yeah, well, uh, if uh, if, you, if you ever get a chance to see it, it's, it, it's kind of a, it's really fun to look back on because it um, it was a show that, that you would play they had on the weekends and it was really the first show where they had um, you know all women uh, the, on this roster and uh, it was it was kind of silly and but I think as people look back on it, it really did start to help pave the way.
4: It did,
3: and, and did an awful lot for women in the world of professional wrestling. Uh, you know, leading to what we saw with divas and then move on from there with the WWE. But um, when you think about, you know, when you first started getting involved in wrestling and seeing women in the ring, uh, what do you remember?
2: When, when I first started watching wrestling, uh, the people that stick out in my mind are Lita, Molly Holly. Molly Holly was my favorite, Mickey mm. James and jazz, like oh. Trish Stratus. That's the generation that I started watching. That's the generation that I, kind of came up with uh, on television. But then once I got involved in wrestling, the first women I ever really got involved with in, in, in wrestling was independent uh, independent wrestling and then also impact. Uh, there were I worked for a company called WSU in New, in New Jersey, and they would bring in a lot of knockouts. So we had a lot of knockouts that would come in and work with the other girls and kind of started learning from them and kind of seeing how television works uh, even way before, years before, I would make it uh, to have a contract with uh, with Impact Wrestling, TNA. But indie wrestling—that's where it began for me. I had a few matches under my belt. I trained uh, with Johnny Rods, uh, the unpredictable Johnny Rods, that Hall of Famer mm-hmm. in Brooklyn. And the first like big promotion that booked me outside of my home was well there were two one was in 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 Cleveland the other one was WSU in New Jersey and it was an all-women's promotion so I got early very early on I got to see what women were capable of on their own not necessarily like you know a, a match to kind of thrown together five minutes I'm talking about watching women like Mercedes Martinez wrestle for an hour I'm talking about uh all these girls that just that kind of set the tone very early in my career to see like girls can do this like this is not we're not just like an attraction match like we can be the entire show we can sell out this entire place people that came just to see women's wrestling
3: yeah uh and how did that that journey start for you though I always uh, love to hear how people you know started on that road from you know just loving wrestling or or seeing it happen and saying uh, hey you know what I think I can do that I mean were you a a good athlete I mean how did that
4: how did that start that journey
2: I have an interesting story of how I began, and I, a lot of people seem to forget where I came from, uh, so sometimes it's fun to remind them uh, because, uh, you know, there's so much negative backlash on, on models or girls who get into wrestling uh, because they're actresses or that and the other, but that's how I began my career as well. I, oh, really? Like I said, I grew up watching wrestling. Uh, my cousins and I had a WWF club that we used to watch, uh, WWF. we used to watch WCW, Uh, and so I, I grew up watching wrestling. And then once I got to high school, I just stopped. I don't know what the reason was. There's really no real reason. I just, I started playing softball. I started playing volleyball. And I think that just took up my life. Basically my life became about playing sports and I had grown up acting and being involved in dance and all that kind of stuff. Senior year in high school, I decided much to the, the, (laughs) <laughs> What's that word? searching uh, for a word. Parents, they parents, weren't real you know, happy? or My family wasn't super happy that I decided. Yeah. Yeah. Because my entire life, I was like, I want to be, uh, be a lawyer. I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a lawyer. And then all yeah. of a sudden, I was like, I'm going to go to school for acting.
4: Like,
2: my family okay. was like, yeah. oh, you don't want to go to school? I'm like, no, I'm going to go to school for acting. And so I did. I went to an acting conservatory in New York. And when I graduated, I was looking for casting calls, just, you know, trying to get experience, mm. trying to get out there. And my roommate at the time, one of my roommates at the time, she pointed out, she was like, hey, there's this uh, casting call on one of these websites. They want girls, like, to go down to the ring. And she was like, you you used to like wrestling, right? Do you want to come with me? And I was like, yeah, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. sure, I'll see what it's all about. And that was 11 years ago. So oh. it'll be 11 years. Or is it 12? It was 2009 so it'll be wow. 12 years um, uh, this July. So yeah next month it'll be 12 years since I first stepped into a wrestling ring and I you know I came in knowing that I didn't know anything. Right. I came in very eager to learn and very eager. you know I had an acting background, I had a sports background, I had a dance background so promos have never been an issue for me. I've always been super happy to have a mic and all that. but when it came to learning how to bump, when it came to learning wrestling moves, it was a completely different world for me, and it, it took me a while, but I had some really great people behind me my entire career. I've had good people by my side my entire career that have helped me kind of get to this point.
3: Yeah, you know, it's funny that you, you, you tell that story, and it's like listening to uh, how GLOW started because
2: yeah.
3: uh, the vast majority of the women that were on that roster – and uh, Sonny was somebody no, she came period. in. the third, Yeah, they had they were actors yeah. and they were, you know, maybe had roller derby background. You yeah. know, it was they had, you know, athletic backgrounds, but the most of them didn't. And they had to be trained to yeah. do that show. Uh, so it, it sounded like kind of started like that for you. And then yeah. so the opportunity to actually get somebody that could really train you uh, with Johnny Rods. How did that come about?
2: So the the school that so basically it was they were looking to build a pilot that they wanted uh. to shop around and so uh, one of the guys on there he had this kind of like almost like a pimp ish like personality where he mm. just was like always surrounded by these hot girls and he was like a like a like a like a hot boy kind of thing I don't know it was mm. it was this weird thing and so I was just one of the girls that was supposed to come down to the ring with him but they kind of saw that I was really interested because we had so many girls would come and go and just, you know, get some pictures done, take pulls by the ring and leave. And that was it. But they saw that I really was interested in being there. And so eventually it was like, okay, well, Marty's in charge of all the girls. Anytime a new girl comes in to do this, we're called model dolls. Anytime mm-hmm. a new girl came in to be a model doll, Marty's in charge. So Marty's going to start, you know, being the one to tell girls where to go, what to wear, like what we're allowed to wear in front of, This certain crowd that we have, and Johnny was, um, it was his promotion, it was his school, and I think Johnny, he'll he'll tell you anytime he sees me, he always like rags on me, and he's always like, he's always like, he's, I think he saw me from the beginning. He saw how much I fell in love again, because I, you know, I came from loving wrestling. It wasn't just like I woke up one day and I was like, I'm gonna be a wrestler, which is fine too if that's how you end up, you know, in this business. But it was something that I kind of had in me, and, um. Actually, I'm sitting right by my computer. I'm sitting right by my bookcase. I have to see if I find my WWF book. We had this book when, when we were uh, about seven or eight, and we mm. used to write results. So it was like, it was like the original dirt. Yeah. Case over here, You know, uh. But the funny thing is, like, I started learning English when I was seven. So it's like broken English. And I'm just it's just it's just really funny to look back on and see, like, this is a something I want to do as a kid. And then out of nowhere, I was 19 years old, I got this opportunity to start, you know, to just, it kind of literally fell on my lap. And I just never looked back. Once I got there, and I realized this is what I wanted to do, I dove in head first. I was literally and figuratively, you know, I was training three to four days a week. Uh, I was really, really small, I was really, really skinny. And I started putting on weight, I started just trying to learn everything, learning, you know, what it meant to be a, a female wrestler, what it meant to be a wrestler, what what I should wear, what I should, you know, all that kind of stuff. And uh, Johnny was always a big part of that, of that journey.
3: Yeah. um, It wasn't that long ago, like you said, but what was the business like then for women? Was it really starting to emerge? Were there a lot more opportunities? Do you remember at the time?
2: They were starting to be, you have promotions like Shimmer. Shimmer has been a a champion for women's wrestling since day one. Uh, You had WSU and those were the main two, promotions in the US, at least, Uh, you know, you had stuff in the out in the UK, but in the US, those are the places you wanted to work for. So when I got the opportunity to try out for shimmer, it was a really big deal for me. It was a huge deal for me. And I didn't get called up to the main roster right away. Uh, It took about I think another year or two before I got called up to the main roster of shimmer. And, you know, we always joke about it, like our, our shimmer jackets are they mean so much to us, like, you know, all the girls have shimmer jackets, they're so important because from day one they were all about women's wrestling and they were one of the first ones who really believed like hey we can run we don't have to run a show in conjunction with anybody else we don't have to have you know four guy matches and then three girl matches just to balance things out these are the guys that were like we're gonna do this and then shine came along and you have all these other promotions that have popped up throughout the u.s that are, are pushing for more women's shows and now you have pay-per-views that are all women yeah. or you have shows and you have promotions. But from the beginning, I will say my goal was I worked for WSU. I became a champion at WSU uh, fairly quickly. Well, not for, a few months in my, my tag team partner and I became champions there. And then eventually I got a singles run there. But my goal uh, when I first started like really getting involved in wrestling, I was like, I want to work for Shimmer. Shimmer. I really, really want to work for Shimmer uh, because they, I, I felt the first time I was ever in the locker room, it was such a great atmosphere. That's one thing that I noticed too with WSU is I think a lot of people think that if you're in a women's locker room, it's gonna be catty, it's gonna be mean, <sighs> girls are gonna be and it's not like that. In my experience, it has not been like that. That's one thing that I'm so so thankful for with the locker room we have at NWA. These are girls that I consider friends outside yeah. of, of the locker room. I met Thunder Rosa for the first time, my first taping, you know, I met Myra, uh, Mae Valentine, Camille, all those girls. That was the first time I ever met them. Obviously I've known Allison K for 10 years now. So it was really nice to go in there with like a friend, like having a friend, you know, and, but most of the other girls I'd never met or I'd met in passing. And all of a sudden it's like, we all click. And it's such a tight knit group. And I'm so, so thankful to have girls that, uh, are giving me good advice are giving me constructive criticism because we all need that like you Mm. I I never want to have that friend who just says yes or oh my god that was great to everything you do because you're never going to grow you're never going to learn that Mm. way so I'm super super thankful for the locker room we have at NWA that I I feel like everyone pushes each other and it's so huge
1: with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom
2: sorry
3: Yeah, and uh, we'll we'll get to uh, you know that uh, that locker room.
2: No, (laughs) no, I love it.
3: I love it. Please keep them coming. Uh, And I and we are going to talk about the NWA. There's so much uh, going on. uh, Although everybody everybody the entire industry is on hold right now. But um, I did want to ask you because we you know we were talking about uh, kind of the beginnings when things really started to change for women. And I think back that like Glow was from 85 to 90 and we saw this you know, it was big girl power then but you know like during the whole time that i was working with the uh, the wwe um you know it you saw people like sensational sherry miss elizabeth who would became you know literal superstars but we still saw it look i mean just think of that period of time where they were starting to make inroads and then it seemed to explode and, and what do you think changed like you said where you had organizations like shimmer and and that really did focus and and it, bottom line is box office. I mean, if it's going to make money and of somehow it, it, it really it started to change where that's what people wanted to see in arenas.
2: I think for I can only speak for obviously myself, my generation. I think a big part of what has created the shift is that you have more women that are good. You have women that are that can go out there and can wrestle and have good characters can tell a good story. And I think that people are interested in that. I know I was one of the only two girls in my middle school that liked wrestling. There were two of us uh, that were really into wrestling. Wrestling wasn't, you know, we, women weren't as involved in wrestling as they are now where now I, you know, I step through the curtain, I look out in the crowd and it's not 75% men. There's so much more women And I also think a big part of that is just feeling represented and in all different ways, being presented as a woman, being represented as a Brown woman, being presented as a Hispanic, as a black woman, whatever it is, there's just so much more inclusion that I think that people are starting to see, like, this is for me. I can get into this. I can enjoy this. And the, you know, the internet has been a blessing in in the fact that now if you want, you know, back in the day, if you wanted to see what was going on in Japan, you had to get a tape. You had to have a friend mail you a tape, Or, you know, so-and-so saw this or, you know, if if, uh, any company was having a house show, you weren't seeing any of that. So there was so much you were missing out on where now I'm like, oh, oh, this is what's going on in Japan. Oh, this is what's going on in the UK. Oh, these are the girls in Mexico. It's so much more easy. We have so much more access to all these women that we didn't before. And I think now it's like there's someone out there that's going to entice everyone. Like there's one person that's going to see you and be like, like, you're my favorite wrestler. Why? There, and there's very, very many different reasons. There's a whole number of reasons for it. But I think that, you know, the quality of, of wrestling is continuing to step up. You have women having 15-minute matches, 20-minute matches, 30-minute yeah. matches, and are killing it. And so we're keeping people's interest. People, you know, at NWA, um, at we're being given that platform of go out there. What are you going to do? Just go out there and kill it. And we're like, all right, cool. Let's do it. You know, and I think that we've, we found our voice because of that, too.
3: Yeah, and uh, you know, I certainly don't know the the pay scale of how it's uh, equaled out. But do you think that women are getting to the point where they, uh, you know, the billing is certainly there, but where they're getting uh, equal footing as far as uh, you know where where they need to be in this business? I'm, uh, I'm sure there is a lot of ground still to be. Yeah, covered. But uh, Uh, that's uh, that's
2: a very, very loaded question. And that's a question that I don't I don't know that I can answer because, like I said before, I can't speak for everybody else. You know, I do know that there are women who, you know, in in some companies and some major companies that are not making the same. And it all comes down to numbers. You know, maybe their merch isn't selling as well as somebody else's merch that does have, you know, obviously. But there's always been a pay gap between women and men in every single field. It's not just in wrestling. It's in every field. And it's something that I think that we continue to kind of champion for. And I make sure when, you know, when an indie promoter is booking me, I'm asking for my rate. And I'm, uh, yes, the rate is movable. There are obviously, there are exceptions. But there are times when I'm just like, no, like, if you're going to bring this person in, and I know that you're paying this person this amount of money, if you feel like I'm not worth that, then I understand and that's your opinion. But I'm also not going to be like, all right, well, I'll come in for 20 bucks then. Like, no, that's just just not going to happen. I'm going to continue to stand up for myself. And I think that's also something that a lot of us have been doing is we're leveling out the playing field for all of us. Like, if I know that I'm I'm getting booked on a show, but then there's a girl who's coming in and there's a big difference between paying your dues. I'm not talking about paying your dues. I'm not talking about busting your ass to get an opportunity. I'm talking about a girl who's going to be like, I'm going to fly myself and you don't have to pay me. And then it's like, well, now you're you're devaluing yourself, but you're also devaluing the rest of us. Because if someone's like, wait, this girl's going to fly herself. I don't have to get her a hotel. She's going to pay her whole way here. Why am I going to spend any money on anybody else? And I think that is something that a lot of girls are more conscious of now and are making conscious decisions about. And so I think that that also is kind of helping us close that pay gap a little bit, or at least not be a afraid to ask for money, not be afraid to be like, this is what I deserve.
3: Yeah. Well, I think collectively, that's one of the reasons, because as you said, uh, you know, the the performance, the the level of what they are, they, you know, that they brought it to is to that point where it isn't just, uh, you know, bring people, oh, we'll get somebody else in. I mean, they say, no, I have to have that person because she's yeah. that good. Yeah. And that's, you know, collectively, because when it comes down to it, everybody's, an independent contractor, uh, people who don't understand how the business works in professional wrestling. And that's why I feel so much uh, knowing the business of what a lot of these uh, performers are going through right now, because, you know, your job is the last time you worked in, the, in an arena. And uh, yeah. unless you, there's very few that have contracts. So, and I'm sure, you know, many of uh, many of them out there. Uh, how tough do you think it's been uh, what they've been going through uh, right now? Uh, because I, I don't think there's ever been another period in the Ooh. in the, the business where uh, it's tough enough.
2: It is. It is. It's uh, this. The last few months, it, yeah. for so many reasons, have been very tough on people uh, financially, mentally, physically. It's one thing after another, you know, and I a lot of us used wrestling not just as our income like wrestling is wrestling before before all this wrestling was my job i was a wrestler or i am a wrestler i'm a wrestler and i'm an actress those are my those are my jobs that's it you know um every once in a while I, i maybe like you know help a friend out with like a promotion or like you know that kind of thing with like uh like uh marketing and stuff like that but for the most part i my income was wrestling and my income was acting and both of those things have been shut down. Yeah. And I think that a lot of times, you know, it, it took me, a, it took me a really long time. Like I said, I've been in wrestling now almost close to 12 years. I've been an acting, an active wrestler for close to 11. So let's say 10 years. I've been an active wrestler for 10 years. For the first seven years of my career, I still had a second job. You know, I was still working at an office. I was still, I had a major contract, but I was still keeping that on the side just in case because, you never know this yeah. this business is so you can be on top of the world today, have a contract, be making tons of money. And then all of a sudden that's gone. And yeah. then you don't get have hurt or something. Right yeah, you never know. Yes, you get hurt. And, you know, yeah. not every company takes care of you while you're hurt. So now you have that to worry about. You have your medical bills. I kept a second job for a really long time. And just a few years ago, I was able to finally make the transition to where I was just wrestling. And it has been very tough. It's been tough. Uh, obviously, financially, because that's where the greatest source of my income came in through. Mm. But also mentally, you know, I it, it's 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 hard when you when you don't have your outlet anymore. That that wrestling is my outlet. Being able to travel is a part of what keeps me what keeps me sane. Sorry about that. Uh, Being able to travel is what keeps me sane. Being able to see people, being able to be around people. Uh, my friends, my coworkers that that's a big part of what what keeps me sane. So I think a lot of people maybe focus on the financial aspect and what we're losing, but we're also losing so much more than just the financial aspect.
3: Yeah, no, it is—it's uh, it's their lives, and, and you know, literally, like you said, it's 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 part of who they are. Yeah. Um, I want to take you back a little bit because I think it 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 there was a period that really. Uh, helped you develop, and it was a big organization. It, it did not end well for that uh, organization. And Billy Corgan and Dave Lagana can tell you. But what, what did the experience with TNA uh, do for you in your career?
2: Um, so I I was at, I was at Impact for a little bit less than two years. I had a two year I had a two year contract. I opted out um, before right right before I had to resign. And I will say that it taught me a lot. I'd never worked for television before. So it taught me how to work for television. It taught me how to work for TV. It taught me, you know, backstage, the way that you're supposed to act and things you're supposed to do, but also just working for a camera. It taught me how to find the hard cam. It taught me, you know, uh, the way that things were set up at Impact was kind of weird because the camera was facing this way, but the crowd was behind you. And I am you know, you're used to an indie show. You talk to the crowd. And now all of a sudden you're being told, "No, no, no, no. That's your crowd right. in front of you. That's your crowd. That's where you're cutting your promo. And so it's like, wait, I have to get used to to talk like, you know. So it, it it definitely taught me a lot about that. It taught me about like just how things work, you know. I on the indies for the most part, you have control over your character. You have control over maybe you know you show up and you're like, well, this is the story this is what we're gonna go with. Cool. It's a one off. It's a show, or even if it's a promotion where you do. But now we're talking about, hey, we have months of TV planned out. This is what you're doing for the next few months. And you don't have full control of that. And so being able to relinquish control while also still being yourself, it was something that took me a really long time. And I didn't learn that at Impact actually. I feel like I gave there are many times when I'll watch a promo back or I'll watch something back and be like, damn, I should have done this differently. Because <sighs> I should I should have added more of me in there. Or I should have, I would not have reacted this way. This is you know, and obviously in hindsight, we can all watch things that we've done and be like, oh. But I did, that is where I ended up meeting Billy. Uh, Billy was a big part of the creative behind the dollhouse so I got to work with Billy there and that's kind of where we build our relationship and I'm a very very firm believer that everything happens for a reason and everything is at its right time sometimes we don't know what that reason is Uh, sometimes we never find out what that reason is but it all lines up for something and you know I met Billy there I'd known Lagana before I met Lagana in passing at Ring of Honor and Mm -hmm. he's the one who actually suggested me uh, for this character in the dollhouse uh, at Impact and it took a lot for me to get signed. It took almost a year for me to get signed. It took several tryouts. It took several several tryouts, several conversations, several matches for them to be like, let's give her a shot. And I did and I'm very thankful for it. I'm very happy with the opportunity I had there. And you know I when it was time for me to move on, I knew it was time for me to move on. so I asked for a release out of my contract and they gave me that release with no issue. I didn't have any problems getting out of my contract. Um, and, you know, it, it was always said that the doors open. I've never gone back, but, uh, you know, who knows, you know, what the world, the world spins, the world turns a lot. They say, well, in Spanish, they say, la vida da mucho giro. Mm-hmm. The world's always a spinning. So we never know, you know, where people that I worked with that impact that I never thought I'd be sharing a locker room again. Here we are. So. There you go. Yeah.
0: No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In
1: that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free. at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: Um, You talk about uh, you know having to learn about cameras and being. uh, How much did your acting experience help you uh, through this? And I, I mean, just in the business in general because uh, a lot of people uh, may not even realize like how much involved that is and how how big a part of it.
2: I I think that that's something that has helped me in the sense of I'm not shy when it comes to cutting a promo. I'm not Mm -hmm. shy when it comes to doing an interview. I'm not shy any of that. And I don't know if that is my acting background or if that's my personality because when I was a kid, I was a very shy kid. I was very, very shy. And um, I've always been very friendly, but I was always very shy. and Playing sports, uh, getting into wrestling really opened me up uh, to different people and being around other people. Uh, but I, I do think, like, just with finding a camera, all that kind of stuff, um, just even when we're, when we're, you know, cutting, uh, doing a vignette or we're doing anything of that, I do think that my acting background comes in. I think my improv background comes yeah. in more than anything right. because people are always like, oh, you're so funny. Like, you'll say, like, you know, I react very quickly in the ring and I think that's just... It's my it's my improv background maybe it's my I don't know yeah it it definitely does help and it definitely makes me I think just more open to being able to speak to anybody being able to cut promos shoot interviews whatever it is without being like oh I don't know what I like I don't know
3: so is that uh, is that still a part of of your life uh, when stuff comes along and I mean, like Eli is doing some acting Aaron Stevens as well. Uh, are you able to balance that? I mean, how how much have you pursued that since you've had these other chances?
2: So I, for about 10 years, so I, I went to acting school, graduated, yeah. and then stopped acting completely. I, just, oh, I focused boy. on wrestling. I focused on wrestling for about uh, 10 years. Basically. Yeah. Uh, about not, uh, Yeah, close to 10 years. I focused solely on wrestling. And then two years ago, I got the opportunity, uh, well, four, almost four years ago, I got the opportunity to become a backstage correspondent. So I was doing all the backstage work. I was uh, doing, bro- I was doing just, just broadcasting in general. I was doing mm. uh, commentating. I was doing the backstage. I was doing all these little things. And once again, I feel everything prepares you for something else. That company that I was working for closed. Mm. End of the world. I was like, holy crap. I live in Kansas City now. I moved here for this company. What am I doing with my life? Uh that company closed in April. In May, I got a call from Telemundo. They wanted me to do a TV show. Uh it was a reality show, reality competition. They wanted me to be on. Uh, they were really interested because of my wrestling background. I had already tried out for another show with them that didn't um I didn't make it on. They called me. I was like, all right, cool, let's, yeah. let's do this. When I came home, I was like, you know what? Let me give this a shot. And so I got an agent here in Kansas City, and I have I, I do have an agent. Um, I've done commercials with Sprint. I've worked with Hallmark. Uh, one of my commercials aired during the Super Bowl in uh, in Connecticut, which was crazy. Like, I was getting messages from people being like, hey, I think I just saw you in a commercial. And I'm like, hey. I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't have a Super Bowl commercial. And they were like, no, it's this. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's me. And it was like to the day, uh, 12 years since I graduated my acting school. So I was just like, what is happening? Like, huh, like, Got to call oh, my one of my God, teachers. God. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hey, thank thanks, Mr. Mr. Dan Daly, like appreciate you. Um and so I haven't been able to focus as much as I'd like to. There's definitely a lot more. Obviously I live in Kansas City. This is not this is not, you know, I'm not gonna land the next Hollywood film living here. Uh so I do think that it's probably gonna be time for me to to either move back to New York where I'm originally from, maybe go down to Atlanta, maybe spend some time in 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 California or I don't know. I really I wanna work in Spanish television. I love uh, that's where my I think my heart is really set, and so I think maybe moving down to Miami for a few months, or maybe moving back to the Dominican Republic for a few months or a year or two. Maybe uh, what's what's kind of next? I don't know. Yeah.
3: yeah, well, I could see you absolutely. You could be in a host, and you could do both. You could balance it. Um, getting back to that uh, that connection to to Billy and, and Dave Lagana. Um, did you ever have a conversation with them, or have any idea that? These two were thinking of going off and maybe starting their own organization.
2: Not at all. Um, yeah. I worked with both of them um, at yeah. Impact. The last conversation I had with Billy was uh, Impact didn't have anything for me. They didn't. They weren't going to bring me in. I believe it was in October. Uh, October is usually bomb for glory. Um, I was not getting brought in then. But uh, so crazy, like how crazy, like just things line up. Uh, Vince Russo had interviewed me one time and he like just really liked me. I'm not sure what I think he said. He was like, you're from New York. I, he's like, I just feel like you have this like New York energy, whatever. Mm. He just became very interested in trying to help develop a character for me. And so he contacted Billy. He got in, in a hold of them. Billy actually personally called me and said, hey, we're not bringing you into TV. We're going to send you to Colorado so you can go work with Vince Russo for a weekend. He's gonna work on a character with you. He's gonna uh, shoot some stuff. He's gonna. There's a bunch of stuff he he wants to do to, to have because they didn't have anything for me. They yeah. didn't know where to put me. They didn't know they were gonna. You know there were story. There were ideas of making me somebody's manager, making me this. They just they weren't sure what to do with me. They didn't want to release me, but they didn't know what to do with me. Mm-hmm. Which is also something that I'm. There are so many people in this business that deal with that problem. They don't want to let me go, but they don't know what to do with me. Yeah. And so that's fine. So I went to Colorado. Billy called me and said, hey, we're funding this. I'm funding this. I want you to go to Colorado. Like, we're going to – This you're, there's no heat. You know, you're not going to get any heat working with the office. You know, you're, you're good. Mm-hmm. Go. And so I did. And it also uh, – a little bit after that is when Billy ended up leaving Impact, several times with Impact, and then Lagana followed him. But I had no idea that we were even working on anything. I kept in touch with Lagana. I would, you know, I saw Billy. I saw Smashing Pumpkins uh, a few months after. Uh, well, actually, no, it was before. It was before I left Impact. I saw the Pumpkins, uh, Smashing Pumpkins. Uh, so, like, kept in touch with them, whatever. Just with Billy, uh, Lagana would check in and be like, "Hey, what, you know, what are you up to? What are you doing?" When I moved here, he knew one of the guys that I moved here to work for, and then. Um, and this is also, like, Allison Kay, uh, one of my favorite opponents that I've ever worked with, one of the people that I feel the most comfortable working with, but also one of the most amazing human beings I've ever met in my life, and I've ever had the privilege of being friends with it, and she's my best friend, and she is somebody that I consider family. You know, she's been to, she's visited my parents in the public, she's been my date to weddings, I've been her date to weddings, like, she is my sister, I love mm-hmm. her, and it was actually her idea when... When I saw that power was, they were talking about power, I was not a part of it yet. I, something in me said, you're going to be a part of it, so get ready for it. So I started, you know, I started, I started getting ready for it before. And then I wrestled Allison, I was her first title defense in Chicago at a Ring of Honor show for an NWA match. And I think, you know, seeing Billy seeing again in person kind of reminded them who I was and what I bring to the table. So when we were doing the first set of tapings, they did contact me and were like, "We want you to come down. We have some ideas for you." And and the rest is history. Yeah. These history last few so months. far
3: with, with much to come. Yeah. Um, when they first pitched you that idea, or at least they told you about the show, what did they tell you? I, I am always interested to hear because um, I they had this concept and and they and it had you know his, historic background yes. but it was something new uh, i mean how did they how did they tell you about it
2: basically that he yeah. uh lagana told me i want you to watch some episodes so you can get a feel this is different this is not this is nothing like you've ever done before we want real when you like look at they told me you know look at dusty promos look at old rick flair promos we want real we are looking for real stories we're not looking for overly produced Hello, I'm Marty Bell. Like it's like no, this is who I am and this is what I'm about. And I think also I've always been very comfortable in my promo skills. I've always been very happy with my promo skills. And I in in Chicago, I cut a promo. I cut one in English, then I cut one in Spanish. And Billy listened to it. And after my Spanish one, he looked at me and he's like, I don't know what you said, but I prefer to you in Spanish. Mm-hmm. Like it's he said the cadence of your voice and it's just more real, whatever. And I'm like. It's my first language. It's probably, it's not the language I speak the most now. I speak English more now, obviously because of where I live. But uh, I think maybe Spanish is just that emotional language for me. And so when when I'm cutting that promo, when I'm talking about something, I'm trying to be as genuinely me as I can be. And so that's something that they, from the beginning, they were like, this is what we want. We want realness. We want real stories. We're going to tell real stories out there. You know, we're going to obviously... Allison and I don't hate each other. That's not a real story there. But, you know, we're, we're going to we're gonna play off of your friendship. We're going to – there was just a lot. And I was very excited. I remember the first day I walked into the studio being like, oh, okay. So this is what it looks like. And I remember being like, oh, wait, we don't have any music? Oh, right. okay. There's not any real – like en- like the entrance is just like Marquez off to the side. like entr- I was like, oh. I was very confused. And I think it's definitely something, if you're a wrestling fan and you watch the NWA or you're a wrestling fan in general and you want to get into the NWA, come to a live taping. I feel like it's, you don't, it's, it's such a different atmosphere, such a different vibe. I wish that I could, like, break it down more and explain it and, like, explain what it feels like to be in that arena. And it's definitely the most fun that, um, I remember when I left that first taping, sorry, I know I talk so much, I just kept going, and I'm like, huh? this is my entire life story. When we left the arena, the first time, the first after the first taping, I'm returning to AK and being like, this is the first time that I've ever worked in any kind of television that I have left and been like, hell yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm happy, yeah. I'm happy.
3: Well, I went and I went to uh, one of the tapings, and uh, I'll tell you that's I, I went in the same way because I didn't know what to expect at all, and the. What caught me the most just being around because I just was able to kind of just take in the scene was that roster and then like how connected you guys were. And I talked to Dave Logano later um, when he was a guest on the the show, and I said, you know, how did you guys put that roster together? Because it didn't seem like an accident. I don't think you guys just said, okay, really like that guy, and let's try and bring him in. It just seemed like there was – you know, I don't know, a plan or whatever, or, or, but it, it's it, that easy. was what, yeah, that's what just struck me though. And, and, and the different, different, uh, you know, skill level, uh, experience levels, everything, but it just seemed to fit. And when you first walked into that, not just the women's locker room, but just seeing that whole atmosphere, what, when did you first go? Like you just said, this is special.
2: I, I think the first day, literally you walk in and you're like, okay, this is different. And then getting yeah. into the locker room and working with the girls and I don't know, like for example, Rosa and I, uh, we were like face, we were like Instagram friends, you know, um, at one point I actually had, because of Allison, I had suggested Rosa for that show that I was on. They were looking for a new season. I had suggested her and they really liked her. They ended up not, not, not signing her, which worked out well for her, obviously, um, cause she's where she is now. But Rosa and I didn't know each other, but we clicked. We clicked so much to the point that um, on our final day, both, of us were wearing the same exact top same store same everything we didn't plan that we didn't even know that we we're gonna get put together and it's like it's not like just like a, it's a it's a black top with like mesh over it both of us had that top so like there's a really cool shot um, in the intro of Melina, Thunder Rosa and I walking together and we're both wearing like the same outfit you know she's got her black shorts on I have my black shorts on and we both have this matching top it's like Right, that's weird. Like, yeah. like, we didn't talk, it, you know, I'm going to play. So just little things like that. And, you know, being able to to connect with with guys that I'd never, like, I didn't know Zicky Dice. I didn't really know Ricky, Ricky Starks. I, you know, I'd met them in, like, I'd met Ricky in passing here in Kansas City. I didn't know them. We clicked. You know, seeing, seeing guys like, um, like having the Rock and Roll Express there is always, obviously, they're, they're amazing. And having them in the locker room is, is always fun. So they they bring like they're they're like the cool uncles, you know, Tim Storm. And I, I didn't know Tim Storm. And right off the bat meeting him, I was like, I love this guy. This guy's amazing. And just everybody else that I've gotten to interact with and all the girls, even like, you know, I didn't know Camille. And right away, Camille integrated herself so quickly into like, into the rest of the girls. May was her, you know, just so many things like that where you're like, oh, this is, this is good. Like, I like this. People are here working together. People are there working for each other. You know, I know I can I can speak for the girls, but we're out there and we're like, let's do this for us. This is, let's elevate our, our division. Let's elevate our matches. You know, the first time when Camille had her first match, all the girls watched. Nobody was like, hey guys, like, you know, it would be nice. Like, no, it was like, oh shoot, Camille's having her first match. Everybody went out. We had a You had a, you had a, a locker room sellout because everybody wanted to watch that. You know, when Rosa and Allison went out there and killed it, yeah. at um at the the hard times pay-per-view all of us were in the back like in all of them and i think that's so important and everybody's so supportive and important and that's something that you don't see all the time you don't always have so yeah. i think that that's definitely been very 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 helpful and like just brings us all together
3: yeah and as i said there there is just this vast uh, so many different walks of life there from like i said from People who hadn't been in the business that long, with this incredible talent, guys who have been around a long time, and there's no egos. I mean, I I I didn't witness anybody, uh, you know, big time, and anybody, yeah, yeah. and genuinely trying, like you said, helping each other, Uh, you know, giving advice on promos. Just like the the uh, that you know hallway back outside of the of the ring there, and but people just hang there and they're just like talking about it, and it was. Just having, just a great experience. Like,
2: you know, I have guys like Eddie and Homicide that I've known yeah. for a very long time. Uh, having them there has been great, too. And, you know, Homicide, especially taking on a more like he's a, he's a leader and he's mm-hmm. taken on that role. And, you know, after a match, he'll put me to the side and be like, hey, what about maybe this time do this? Or, hey, that was really good. But like, maybe you should do this. Or like, how about this? And you have guys that there's no reason there's nothing in them. You know, there's nothing in it for them. There's no game for them, except they want everybody to be better. They want everybody to succeed. And that is so important. And it makes me so happy to be a part of the company.
1: With Lucky Lands slut, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain
0: speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine. But we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky.
1: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: Yeah, you know, and I know Billy and Lagana, two very creative people, and they have storylines or you know, uh, working how they want things to go with the characters. But how much? It, it seemed to me like there is a lot of creative freedom that everybody seems to have a lot of input. Uh, on uh, you know what they do with the storylines.
2: That was something that I kept forgetting. Um, and so the the final the final promo I cut on 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 power was when me and Allison kind of finally went head to head. And I remember I was in the back and I'm like, okay. And Allison's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm just trying to remember this. And she's like, why? This is a guideline. They're telling you like, yeah, there's certain things they want you to hit and there are certain things they want you to say. But at the end of the day. They want us. They uh, hired me not because they want me to play this character or they want me. They hired me because they want me. So I'm going to go out there. And I think that's why so many people were like, oh, that was such a great promo. Like, anytime Eddie, Eddie Kingston cuts a promo, do you really think that Lagana's writing a promo? Right. No him? way. And no way. Like, hey, Eddie, um, if you could, could please talk about that one time. Like, no, no, no. This is Eddie speaking from the heart. We're being told, hey, guys, since this is your story. This is where we want to go. But then go out there and put your own spin on it. Go out there and kill it. Because otherwise, it would be like, Hey, Allison, I am so angry at you. (laughs) But it's like, no, it's like, look, this is why I'm upset. This is what this is. And so I feel like it just, we're able to bring so much realism to it that it it can't be scripted. It can't, you have to have that own creative freedom. I'm not being told what to wear. I'm not being told, you know, what moves to do. I'm being told, go,
3: fly, fly bird. Yeah. And it is, it's liberating though. And it's, to see people that, uh, you know, that's how they develop when they're given that opportunity to just put it out there, not all of it's going to work, but then you hit gold and then you're like, okay, that worked, you know?
4: Okay. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So um, they've had to get creative as have uh, we've seen in the world of professional wrestling where we're watching shows with no audience. Uh, The NWA has done that. And uh, tell me about girl power and why uh, people should not miss this.
2: So we only have one episode in the can so far. Yeah. We're actually going to be recording uh, some more this week. Uh, the first episode of Girl Power was myself, um, Thunder Rosa, and Allison Kay. We were the main the main discussion panel, let's say. But then you also had input from Ashley Vox, Camille, and uh, Mae Valentine. And this is a chance for people to see beyond what you see on television. You know, I had a lot of people, our first episode was about mental health, suicide prevention and cyberbullying and these are very very sensitive and extreme topics yeah. but you know i there were things that i had never spoken about publicly because i just i feel like you know i've, I've built up this image of being this like happy positive happy-go-lucky person you know online, mine and i i, I didn't want to talk about dealing with depression i didn't want to talk about how that stuff affects me and any of that so this was that opportunity to do that was so that that chance to like strip down the walls you know and it's just three girls having a conversation and we have another episode that we're going to be filming uh today i believe and then we have a few other ones that we have and it's not always going to be super super sensitive topics these are just we felt especially with the the death of Hannah recently mm-hmm. we felt like it didn't it it's what's affecting us right now so why would we ignore it yes we can, we're going to eventually talk about other things we're going to talk about what it's like to be a wrestler in this industry, what it's like to be, you know, maybe one day I'll interview my, my parkour friends. I'll interview some, you know, vocalists who are, you know, it's, and that's not even to say that maybe one day we won't call one of the guys and be like, hey, let's talk about this issue because girl power doesn't necessarily only have to mean talking about topics that affect women. It's about empowering, period. Whether that is, you know, talking about a topic that's sensitive to men as well, maybe, we don't know. It's, it's going to be, forever developing um nick aldis has his show also what's yep. causing all this um uh eli drake has his own show as well and then we have Carneyland, and Carneyland is yeah how do you there. describe
3: carny land <laughs> oh my
2: <laughs> god so i remember so obviously i haven't been able to do much acting because of all yeah. this is going on and so when i got to record some of my bits the other day i was like oh, my God, I miss it so much. and mm. I mean, it's it's something so different. It's so crazy. It's so outlandish. It's just... Some of these things are completely out of left field, but um, I think it's just... It's something different. Um, you're you're able to see people like Allison Kay killing it with the, you know, the 101 promos. Like, yeah. I, I feel like people don't realize how funny Allison Kay really is because I think people see her as, like, this tough badass, and she is, but also... One of the few people that I can have, you know, an eight-hour car drive with and, like, not one turn the radio on, not one stop, you know, to, like, make a phone call. Like, we're just talking and engaging the whole time. And I think that people are getting to see more. And we want to know what people want to see, too. Like, you know, people that are watching this, let us know. What are you interested in knowing more about? What do you want to know when it comes to the NWA roster? And it doesn't have to just be our roster. Like you know, maybe we're able to grab someone who works at a different company, someone who works independently. It doesn't necessarily have to. You're not just going to see my face every single week. You're going to see a lot more than uh, beyond the NWA.
3: Yeah, and I I love the concept of it because, like you said, uh, you can have very serious discussions, but also that's not what it's all about either. You know, you guys have great sense of humor,s and and, uh, are really funny, and uh, you're going to be able to bring that in there. And I think that. I think it's going to do really well because they've already gotten to know you a little bit yeah. because you say that that kind of reality that you walk within the NWA, yeah. but at the same yeah. time now you get to, it's kind of you get to pull the curtain back even more and I think it's yeah. really going to help you guys uh, I think as, so as characters. I'm
2: really excited. Obviously, um, we haven't been able to do a lot mm-hmm. uh, creatively uh, these last few months. It's been it's been interesting for me. I have a Patreon account where I try to come come up with creative content and I'm coming up with like cool stories behind certain gear, cool stories behind certain pictures, all that kind of stuff to keep entertained. But this is the most creative that I've been in so long and I love it. I'm really happy and I hope that I, we can continue to build and just keep entertaining. Cause that's what, that's what we're, that's what we're here to do.
3: Yeah. Cause uh, like, I think they got something going every day now that uh, it's on the channel, the NWA yeah. channel, the power channel. So uh, when, when can they catch it? when does it drop as we
4: Friday. say
2: So it drops I believe on Thursdays on the NWA page on the Carneyland patreon but then it actually goes live on Fridays uh, on youtube.com/ NWA.
3: Okay so we've got a lot of things that we uh, I want to get out to people so they can uh, check in Of course you can go to the Carneyland uh, uh, YouTube channel and also that they have a patreon right the
2: patreon.com/ Carneyland
3: okay and then also for you uh, how can folks get in touch with you and and uh, yeah you've got a patreon as well
2: Yes, I do have a patreon it's patreon.com slash martybell um, I mostly just post on there like I said it's a lot of like stories it's a lot of um, I cook a lot and so I've really? been uploading a bunch of those videos yeah I especially during this whole quarantining thing I've my inner master chef has been unveiled so I have been doing a lot of cooking and a lot of um, uh, just fun stuff like that. I'm just trying to stay entertained, posting workouts, that kind of stuff. But uh, my Instagram is probably what I use the most. I barely use Twitter. If people tweet at me, I do try to respond. But if you want to get in touch in touch with me, Instagram's really. And that's Marty.bell. B E L L E. Marty.bell.
3: At Marty.bell. B E L E. B E L L E, guys. B E L L E.
2: Marty with an I. Yeah. M-A-R-T-I dot B-E-L-L-E.
3: All right, man, and Marty, this has been fantastic. I really uh, love oh catching my. up with you, and uh, I wanted to ask you, what do you think's ahead for the NWA? Uh, everybody's kind of waiting to see what's going to happen when they can get crowds back out there, because it really is a show that depends yeah. on that. Because you're the interaction. You, I don't have to tell you. I think but. so
2: too. Um, I don't know. Like, there's just so much going on right now. Like. It's, it's been a, a few rough days for all the communities that I'm a part of. It's been yeah. a few rough days for the wrestling community. It's been tough years for the black community. It's been a tough year for anybody who's, you know, lost a loved one through this pandemic. And I think that we will we'll make it through. That's really, that's, that's all I keep telling myself is one day at a time. And I, especially when the shutdown happened, I was trying to focus on tomorrow. I wasn't trying to focus on what do you think is going to happen next month? Do you think our show is going to get canceled? I don't know. Uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. One day at a time. That's kind of how I'm, fi- I'm taking everything. I'm Like I said, I'm just trying to stay ready. I'm working out. I'm trying to get my diet cleaned up because I've been eating a ton of crap since I've been in here. <laughs> just focus on the things that make me happy. Focus on, on keeping my family happy, keeping my friends happy. And, you know, hopefully we'll see you guys all, all out there very, very soon.
3: Yeah, and Marty, I know there's a lot ahead for you. Whatever you do, I know you're going to be making an Im, uh, a very positive impact on this Thank world. You. Uh, you can't. You just uh, you see it. When they when they look at you, it's just you, you beam it. So. Thank you. Thank you so My much. Yeah. All right, folks. Like we said, don't miss the Patreon account. Marty Bell, M-A-R-T-I-B-E-L-L-E. Okay. Marty, thanks so much for coming on. And, folks, really, thanks for tuning in once again. Uh, I'm sure Marty will back me on this when I say, please stay safe, take care of your loved ones, and uh, there's still a lot ahead. So thanks for tuning in to this episode of Primetime. I'm Sean Mooney, and I am out.